And we do have a very special episode of Swings and Mishes here as we bring in the Chief Operating Officer of the Miami Marlins and new Hall of Famer, Derek Jeter, who joins us here on Swings and Mishes on our podcast today. Derek, thanks so much for spending some time with us, and thanks for doing it. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's almost taken you three years to invite me on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, that is the uh, first falsehood of the podcast. But, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I was I was uh, given a five-year window. We made it in less than three. And so that's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that as my first win here uh, with the Marlins, although I do have a lot of losses here. But um, before we uh, start, I just wanted to start off by asking about you and your family and how everything has been going for you and how are you feeling and, and certainly how has this experience been for you and your household well thanks one thanks for asking it's uh, everyone's healthy everyone's safe it's it's been about a little more than four months where really haven't left the house much with an exception of uh spring training 2.0 that we've had at, at marlins park and um, you know i have two young girls my oldest is almost three uh my youngest is a year and a half and uh, it's been a lot of diaper changes uh, a lot of video conferencing um but it's, it's been uh, great to have the opportunity to spend time with family during a time when uh, normally you'd be away from the house quite a bit. So I appreciate you asking, but, uh, you know, I'm an optimist and, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to this season. But uh, I also appreciate the time I've had with my family. Yeah, and I know that yeah, very initially when you did your first, uh, I think one of the interviews you did a few months ago, you said your wife was a champion and I wanted to make sure that, I got that out there, too, because I think that we all feel the same way. A lot of our wives are in positions that they've never been before, you know, having to, um, you know, do everything 24 hours, seven days a week. So I thought that that was um, really cool of you to say that. Yeah, I t- well, you know, I tell you what, it brings you back to when when I was a player and, um, you know, I have a new appreciation for the players' wives who, um, you know, have to, you know, basically raise children uh a large portion of the time without their husbands there because they're traveling. So it's, it's no easy job to do. So like I said, my wife has, has been a superstar. That was the word superstar. I think I said champion. So I got a, got a little L there. All right. Uh, before we get serious, there is one question that I think is, has been burning for me for the last couple of months. And the question is, is, is it true that you have bad Wi-Fi at your house in Tampa, as Tom Brady said with Howard Stern. We got to get that one out of the way quickly. Uh, well, it's better now. Uh, I believe he upgraded it, so that's that's on his dime. But uh, you know, I haven't been to Tampa in in almost three years. I think I've been there maybe uh, five or six days, and that's when we were playing the Rays. So uh, no reason to have upgraded Wi-Fi when you're not there. Yeah, makes sense, but, you know, threw you under the bus a little bit, so I figured let me get the correct answer there. <laughs> All right, so, um, you know, was there ever a time or point, Derek, this this kind of last few months where you thought the season wouldn't happen? I know that in your last interview, you basically said that there is no trust between the players and the owners, and so you being on on this labor side of it, did you ever think, wow, like we may not have a season? I think it was more of uh, we may not have a season because of the pandemic. I think that crossed my mind more so than the fact that, uh, you know, there was some, some negotiations that were going back and forth between ownership and, and, um, and the players association. So 
look, you know, the, the thing I, you know, I was asked about the situation between the players and, and, and ownership. And I said, look, I'm not saying it from experience. There is a lack of trust between the two. Anyone that tells you any differently is, is lying to you. Um, but, uh, you know, I, under, I understand that when there are negotiations in any industry, when there are negotiations at times, you know, the, you know, there's back and forth. But in this particular situation, I was just saying that I, I wished it would have been handled in a private manner and not played out so publicly because you have so many people around this country who, who are filing for unemployment. They're without jobs. And, uh, you know, they don't want to hear about owners and players going back and forth about the economics of the game. Hey, Derek, Jeremy here. You know, during this time away, we've also seen social justice enter the forefront a bit. And I'm wondering, how have you conveyed that to your players? And what's the organization doing on that level to contribute to the cause? Yeah, you know, the, the one of the things I did is, is uh, following the, the shortly after the death of, of George Floyd, you know, I had a, a video conference with not only uh, the major league players, but the minor league players as well. I did it with the front office staff, both on business operations and baseball operations. And I, I let them know that we weren't going to sit idly by as an as a organization and allow racism to persist. So, um, you know, I, I spoke to our players and I said, as, a, as an organization, you know, we respect and we encourage the expression of your views and, and peaceful protests to demonstrate. And uh, we wanted to let them know that our organization supports that. So, um, you know, that's where I said I wanted to get out in front of it. And I wanted to have those conversations because, look, these conversations are, are, are very uncomfortable to have at times, but they're necessary. And, and we need to continue those conversations. It can't just be a, a, a current event. I mean, this is something that has gone on for, for hundreds of years, and, and we need to continue to have these conversations. All right, Derek, let's uh, let's go to the Marlins here a little bit. I, I know that you are the perennial optimist, and you're optimistic about winning every day, uh, optimistic certainly about the team getting better. Uh, but in, in terms of this big league roster with this 60-game sprint, do you think that this team is realistically a postseason contender? And my follow-up is why do you think that? Every team is a contender, and it all starts with a mindset. Um, you know, people always say, what comes first? Is it culture? Or is it winning? Does culture cause winning or does winning cause a good culture? I think the, the, the culture needs to be a winning mindset. And guys need to take the field every single day prepared to win and doing everything that they can in order to win. So, um, you know, that that's a mindset that we have been preaching throughout our organization since we took over close to three years ago. And I think you're starting to see that. You're starting to see the, the players at the minor league level uh, perform better, get better, be a part of teams that, uh, you know, are in the postseason at the minor league level. And that's a mindset that you want to carry up here to, to uh, Miami. So, um, look, our, our approach each and every year, I think you talk about this being spring training 2.0. There's a lot of optimism for 30 teams. But, uh, you know, you have to go out there and you have to perform. And it starts with having a winning mindset. All right. So, yeah, in, in terms of timelines, I know that this is not something that you ever do. But I, I, I have to say that there has to be some sort of maturation date on eventually winning with, uh, you know, with this new regime. And I know that you've asked to, uh, fans to be patient. You've also said several times you have no patience. But, I mean, Derek, I mean, that, that really cannot be forever, can it? I mean, at this point, you know, saying to fans, you know, I think that we're going to be better. I think that we're going to compete faster than people think. I mean, if it doesn't happen now or this year or, or pretty soon, isn't that pretty much out? Like this is going to take a longer period of time? 
Uh, well, I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as, as a player, just coming from a player standpoint, year in, year out, you have to improve, right? I mean, we have a lot, a lot of young guys that have been in Miami that they need to get better. If we're going to be a good team, they need to get better. We have guys that we've added a lot of talent to our minor league system. It's, invo- it's important for them to continue to develop. That's why we put a huge focus on player development. Um, but, yeah, you have to perform, and we need to show that our fan base that we are getting better. And, and ultimately, you're judged at the major league level on wins and losses. Look, I, I understand it. I, I played for an organization where you were expected to win a championship every year, and I've been the first one to say it. If you don't win a championship, then the year's a failure, right? But, uh, you know, there are steps along the way that you need to take, and it starts with uh, individual players improving. Right, but you can understand at some point fans will get impatient, right? Like, you understand that perspective based on what's happened here. Fans in, in Miami should, should be impatient already, <laughs> You know, look, you know, we took over an organization that hadn't had a lot of success in a long, long time. So I, I don't think that uh, it just started uh, almost three years ago. They, they should have had this this uh, lack of patience for, for quite some time. Okay. All right. Uh, now let, let's talk about the specifics of the team. And I think that most people view uh, Brian Anderson, your third baseman, as maybe a potential core piece for you. And I, and I think that there are probably some people outside of the organization, Derek, that feel and wonder whether or not things are going to change in the idea that will the Marlins keep their own players? Because that's not something that happened in the past. Uh, Derek, I'm going to ask you point blank here. Have, has Brian Anderson been offered a long-term contract by you? And, and where is the status of those negotiations? Well, look, first of all, um, you know, I'm not going to ever get into to negotiations publicly. I think those are things that, that you do behind the scenes because, you know, just coming from a player's standpoint, you don't want to read about it. You don't want to hear about it while you're out there trying to perform. I think everyone knows how we feel about Brian. Brian knows how we feel about him. Um, you know, when you talk about having the opportunity to keep players, it's, it's a two-way street, right? It's not only do we want to keep players, players are going to want to – going to have to want to stay here and they're going to have to want to be a part of the organization so that's why I I like it when you hear um, players now say that they want to stay they want to be here and they see what we're building they see the direction that we're going music to my ears but uh, you know in terms of of negotiations with specific players you know I'll never be the one that talks about that Uh, you know it'll be when it's over and done with that's when that's when you'll hear about it Okay, because I, I know the other day he said that he would love to be here, but music to my ears. I, I love to hear it because we've had situations where, you know, there's been players that didn't want to be here. And, you know, I'm not judging them for that. I mean, if they, if they I don't I don't know what what, uh, you know, the ins and outs of the organization prior to our arrival. And, you know, people are, are they're fine. With it. If they don't want to be then then that's their decision. But it's great to hear that that we have players now that uh, that want to be a part of the organization. And, and you would like him to be long-term uh, here as well? Is that correct? You can't trick me in. <laughs> I could try. I could try. You can try. You can try all you want, man. You can try all you want. But like I said, Brian is very aware of how we feel about him as a player. All right. Okay, uh, same subject. We're going to try this again with someone else. Uh pr- uh, president of Baseball Operations, Derek Mike Hill. His contract is coming up at the end of the year. Uh, I personally have not heard any conversation whatsoever, one way or the other, on this. Um, Mike won't address it. So here, here are the questions. 
Uh, Derek, has Mike Hill done a good job since you've taken over? Do you feel that he has? And and my follow-up to that is, will you be signing him to a new contract, either before or after his deal ends? It's like you didn't even pay attention to what I just said about the contract negotiations. Look, yeah, Mike, look, Mike has done a great job. He's done a great job uh, here with the organization um, since we've been here. Um, you know, we have not had that conversation. I, I, I spoke to Mike, similar to Donnie. You know, it, it's something that will be addressed towards the end of the year. At this particular point, we haven't had those conversations because our focus has been how are we going to prepare for a season? We didn't even know what type of season we were going to have. So we have not had that conversation, Mike and I, uh, yet. I can tell you that. Uh, when we do have it, I won't tell you because it, it's something that, like I said, I don't, I don't deal with negotiations. Um, I don't make them public. Those are things that you, you do behind the scenes. Sure. No, I understand. It's just, um, you know, he's, he's been here a, a long time, so I felt like it would be appropriate to ask. Um, ask anything you want, Craig. Okay. All right. So um, let, let's, uh, let's end with this here. Um, you know, certainly as a player, you've never had to go through anything like this, meaning being away from the game, not being on a major league field. And the other part of this is that with you being the CEO and being involved in a lot of the ownership discussions, mainly, uh, I'm guessing that there have been opinions that you've formed as to how this 2020-20 season can actually be completed. It's apparent at this point it's going to start, but there are some that would be skeptical that it would be completed. So in your mind, Derek, what do you think the most important factor will be in order to get this thing completed and to the finish line in 2020? I think it's going to be self-discipline, Craig, to be honest with you, because, you know, I think MLB's done a great job with the health and safety protocols that they put in place inside the ballpark. Uh, But players are going to have to be disciplined when they leave the park because, you know, they're they're not only putting themselves at risk and their health, safety, and well-being, but they're putting their families' health and safety at risk. They're putting their teammates, their teammates' families, staff at the ballpark, so it, it's going to take some self-discipline. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident. I, I, was, I was extremely happy with the professionalism that our players showed, uh, you know, throughout spring training 2.0 because, look, it's, it's, these are unique and very strange circumstances that we're all dealing with here. But um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, uh, be difficult. But guys are going to have to um, stay disciplined throughout this whole, you know, 60-game schedule. Sure. And, and listen, I, I think that we hope for that. We hope for a finish. We hope for an exciting season. I know that there are a lot of Marlins fans that, that listen to this that are hoping to uh, you know, see this through and, and honestly see the Marlins uh, become a successful team on the field uh, very soon, either now or next year for sure. Uh, Derek, thank you again for spending some time with me here on Swings and Mishes, and hopefully we'll do this a lot sooner than later. You know I appreciate the time and, um, and the contribution very much, so thank you. Thanks for having me. It's only been about three years, so I'll see you in 2023. (laughs) We'll call it sooner than that, but thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Thank you.